Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Welcome to episode 97 of The Storytellers with Judy Prescott Marshall. She writes fiction with a touch of romance. She's an award-winning, actually a multiple award-winning author, and she comes to us today from beautiful Dutchess County, New York. Judy, welcome to The Storyteller Microphone. Thank you so much. Everybody out there knows that if I had to have a crush, it would be on Grace Salmon. You are the most gracious writer that I know. And we all say the same thing about you, Grace. So I am honored. I'm very humbled that I am here today with you. So yeah, it, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, it, you, you and I have never met, but we have bumped into each other and supported each other through social media for the last few years. And I could not be more grateful that you are part of my community and so supportive. So thank you for that kind introduction. You're welcome. You have taught me so much over the years of following you. But one of the things you taught me about, which you probably don't know, we know all about chick lit. I was introduced to hen lit, but for older chicks. But you introduced me to a term called cougar lit, and I love it. Talk about that, please. Oh, you're a cougar. Let's see. Um, you know, what happened was I actually discovered we took, they're taking, you know, what they consider chick lit, lit off of the, the equation here. So I was like, okay, so nobody's reading it. Nobody's writing about it. They don't like the title. Uh, the New York Five publishers are saying, and nobody's, you know, advancing forward in that category. So I was like, okay, but you know what? Eventually, all those chitlet readers had to grow up. So what would they be? Cougars. So they're all cougars. So, you know, they're just a little more mature chicken out there reading. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I love the term. And I also like it because it's really about somebody who is fierce. And when I think of a cougar and when I heard this term, I thought it was a perfect match for you because you have a very distinct brand in your writing. Let's talk about the message that you make about strong women in each of your books. Okay. The very first book that I wrote was called Be Strong Enough. It's just a little short book on words, but it's full of inspiration. Um, in the back of it, it also says that what my motto is. My motto is just simply women need to start lifting each other up. I had a really good dear friend. Her name was Ellen Levine. She was one of the very first female editors. Uh, she worked for Hearst Magazines. She's the very first person who ever read my first novel, the manuscript for Still Crazy. Um, and she just said, you know, as women, we need to support each other. We need to do whatever we can to lift each other up. And I took that message and just ran with it. Um, and it's so true because again, humble. I mean, she is here and I'm like way down here. But when I called her and I said, by any chance, would you just look at my manuscript? She turned to her husband, Dick, and said, Dick, how long before we get to the country? Judy will be there in an hour. Meet me at my house. More than happy to look at it. She's the one who called me the next day. And this is what she said to me. She said, you bitch. I started reading it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I could not put the book down until 3 a.m. Come to my house tomorrow. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. This is a God's honest truth. So I went to her house the next day. I'm so excited because I'm thinking, you know, the statue that she carries with her um, sat there. She said, wait right here. She ran upstairs, came back down, grabbed the People magazine and said, this is where I'm going to put your book. You are a writer. And a lot of times, you know, we say we want to write, we like to write. 
um, you know, there's a story in us, so no one else is telling it, so I have to write it. But by getting her endorsement, um, she really pushed me forward to say, I need to continue doing this. I need to get this story out there. I believed in the story, um, and I write what's what I consider to be hard truths. So a lot of women, you know, half of the women who picked up Still Crazy was like, oh my God, I hate the main character. Why would she do this? But then those same women, and I swear to you, who go from book number one to two to three, who read the entire story are like, oh my God, she was strong. She made it through. And I actually do have a letter that one woman wrote to me from Chicago. And she said, reading your first novel, I have to tell you, this is the God's honest truth. She said, um, I was about to commit suicide. But then someone handed me your book as a gift. And she said, I read it. And I was like, but this has nothing to do with my life. Or anything. But when I read how your character, Julie Holiday, went through what she went through, I still get goosebumps when I think about this woman. She said, when I read what your character went through and how she pulled her pants up and she just grabbed them by the bootstraps and said, I can get through this. And she conquered, you know, her, her future. Um, she said, it changed my life. And I still correspond with that woman today from Chicago. Um, so yeah, being a strong woman and believing in yourself, writing your stories, get your stories out there. Don't listen to the naysayers, pick up the pen, start writing, you know, even if it's just for yourself. Um, I just, again, you know, with you, Grace, just encouraging women out there all over the place. Um, because I'm telling you, everyone, if we're on Facebook, Instagram, wherever we are, we're chatting about Grace. We just love you. Just, this is about you, my friend. Thank you for that. Um, I, I, I am humbled. Yeah, we want to be, you know, in the world of writers today, and in fact, I blogged uh, this past week and said, um, you know, because of my husband's health, I reached out to just a handful of writers and said, hey, can you help me launch it? Because I did nothing for book number three. You were the first one to jump on board, and look at how quick you put me on here. Um, I actually had one writer say, I don't have time for you today. Oh my God! Well, you um, know, we all get we all get busy, but one thing I have learned is that the author community and the reading community, right? Yeah. If we didn't have a reading community, has lifted me up in ways that I never believed was possible. Um, you know, and your tagline is, you know, that women are strong enough to live their best lives. You just mentioned your husband's health. You too have been through some amazing challenges in the yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, last two years, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other side of that is, um, you know, you don't have to be stronger, you just have to be strong enough. Um, you know, that is for everything in, in life, you know, just you just have to be strong enough. And you really do you have to believe in yourself. So yeah, my, my little book, the be strong enough. Um, like I said, it's not very big, but it's just full of um, uplifting you know, stories, um, stories that people can relate to. So. so you talked about Be Strong Enough. You talked about Still Crazy. What was next in the series? The next in the series was, let me just show you the Still Crazy. Okay. Then the next in the series, which was book number two, is the Inn in Rhode Island. Um, and that one picks up from Still Crazy without giving away the whole storyline. But then, and you think in the Inn in Rhode Island, it's like, where is she going to go from here? Everything is just you know, um, coming together. But then I hit you with the final book and that's called The Cottage uh, at the end of Rhode Island. Um, and in that book, the message is, um, 
you know, you really do have to come together. You have to, you know, get your village together of the people um, and rely on one another. You can't um, and you shouldn't, you know, go into a battle like this one in the book by yourself. Um, it does. It, it takes a community to get you through it. Um, you know, just as I said, you know, a few minutes ago, you know, when the book got ready to launch, I did nothing for it like I did with the first one. The first book, I had a big party in Millbrook, New York. Over 100 people showed up to support me. Book number two, because of COVID, I had to do a drive-by, so I stood out here on the porch and handed out goodie boxes. But for book number three, I wasn't able to do anything. So that's where I said, okay, who are my people? Where are they? Um, and I leaned on a few of you of the other authors out there. But then by surprise, my book clubs just started picking up and taking off. I mean, the numbers went from under 100 to I think I'm over 800 already. And you're talking in less than two months time um, because I just put it out there and just said, hey, people, I need help. Um, I hope I didn't cry too loud, but I just said I just didn't have the time or energy to do anything. Now, the most important thing to me was, you know, my husband's health uh, and praise God, you know, he's doing wonderful. Um, and the feedback that I received from everyone was phenomenal, phenomenal. So the book world is the place to be. Well, now you've got four books out. And how would you say your own writing journey has um, formed in terms of are you getting to be a better and better writer? I think the, the Cottage at the End of Rhode Island is my best work to date. Um, I had a critique partner that I picked up on our platform, uh, uh, the writer's platform for women's uh, fiction writers. And she is from Italy. And she said, I nailed the Italy part there. Uh, in fact, she said um, she went to a few of the places that I mentioned and I described them well. She said, and then there's a few places that you said in the book that um, I'm going to go visit because I could taste the food. I could see that, you know, the olive grows. Um, so, yeah. But if I had to back up, um, when I was in the seventh grade, I used to tell stories all the time. And a teacher actually said to me, you tell a lot of stories on the playground. I want you over Christmas break to accept a challenge. And she gave me the challenge of writing a story. I did. They actually handed the story in. And the next year, they performed my story as the Christmas play. So I had that bug in the seventh grade, but I didn't catch it again until I was 62. And you want to know inspiring? You inspired me. What is your tagline for retirement? What is, um, I wish I could remember it now. Um, taking retirement one story at a time or along those along lines, lines. Yeah. right right so I was like oh my god grace so by the grace of grace I started doing my homework so I have a complete shelf of all of the books and before I even wrote the first line in my story I designed the business of writing and I learned the craft of writing before I even wrote the first word then as I said I took that manuscript to a good friend of mine Ellen Levine um, who has since passed. Um, but then when she gave me the encouragement, I took the manuscript down to the Uniform for Writers Conference, and there was one literary agent I really wanted, 35 years in the business at the time. Um, I would have begged her, I would have whatever she needed, gave her the manuscript. She, I gave it to her on a Saturday. The next day was Easter Sunday. She called me on Monday and said, oh my God, I didn't even eat. I was downstairs reading this whole entire novel. I want you to come meet me next week at my house. I went to meet with Jan Cardis, sat down. She said, we're going to go to lunch. You're going to meet Barbara. Um, I call Barbara my book doctor. She's the second literary agent at the agency. Barbara and I went to lunch. We got back. Jan had a contract. I was like, I was, please, my feet didn't even hit the floor. Um, and Jan signed me. But she said to me, you have to do one thing. 
I want you to change the entire story from third person to first person. And I was like, what, why? And she said, because there's so much emotion in this story, but to make it even more real, it has to come from Julie Holiday herself. So I want you to tell the story from Julie Holiday. And I have to tell you that first story, I submitted it to uh, several different awards and I like seven awards total. The two that I am most proud of is the reader's favorite five-star award and then the American Library Association. The libraries opened their doors to me all over the place. And if I could say to any writer out there, if you want to do a book tour, don't do book libraries. The libraries are phenomenal. And that's how I launched book number one was uh, with the library tour. Well, you've done so much of doing that studying of not only the craft of writing, but the business of writing. And that is such a critical part of what we all have to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, on my social media, I got my little cheat cards here because I didn't want to miss anything. So for my social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I started TikTok. I have to say I hired a teenager to help me. Uh, LinkedIn and Goodreads. But I also, the business of writing, before I even put the first book out, I started what's called a street team. And then I also started my book club. I started a newsletter. And then I also started um, a blog. Now the blog, I'm, you know, in the beginning, I was every single month, I was faithful to it. Now when the mood strikes me, I send the blog out and it'll get anywhere from 8,700 hits to like 3,700 hits on the blog alone. Um, so I'm happy with that. Uh, but what I'm you know, most proud of is, you know, my book club. It just keeps growing and growing. Um, someone else, um, not, I'm sure you've heard of her name, is uh, Pamela E. Kelly. She's mm -hmm. from Massachusetts. Uh, I think she just got picked up by St. Martin's Press. But she says that it's her reader's group. Um, and I think she has like 7,000 in her reader's group who constantly hit, make her or allow her to hit the USA Today and the Wall Street Journal's bestsellers list. So my goal, thanks to Pamela, is I got to get 7,000 people in my book club. Um, yeah, I mean, we all have goals. We all have, you know, aspirations and we all want to take this book somewhere. Um, and I also say that as writers, we're all in that big sea together and we're all swimming towards the same goal. Um, whether it's recognition by, you know, the book to movie adaptation. Um, sure. To, yeah, to oh, an award, uh, to, you know, be financially independent by, you know, your writing. Um, I think this is important. You know, what you're doing right here today. And let me tell you something. I follow it. I listen to your podcast, to the radio show. I'm honored that I'm following the last two that you had on there. I mean, the phenomenal. So. Well, I've been, you know, uh, there's that expression that my brother uses all the time, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. But I've been very, very lucky, um, not only to have a whole range of guests, but the fabulous Amy Ferris, who wrote um, Marrying George Clooney and is coming out with another book in September, has been very generous in uh, connecting me to some really uh, guests that I'm not sure I could have reached all on my own. So thank you for that. And I invite any of our listeners to find all of the episodes on YouTube, on Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network, and on my own website called gracesalmon.net. Um, but I'll, let's go back to you for a moment. Um, I love your covers. Are they all designed by the same artist? I design all my covers. Seriously? Seriously, even my literary agent, she was like, okay, who's helping? I designed all my covers. Um, they're actually going to switch a little bit because my next series is called the Lighthouse Series um, because I just love Point Judith, Rhode Island. 
Um, so that maybe not as many flowers on them, but yeah, no, I do my own covers. So, and I have to say, even with this last one here, um, you know, with the cottage, um, again, the little flower, but it, I'll I, hold it up really close to the camera, Judy, because all of your covers are so stunning. Yeah. So I, um, I probably looked at a hundred covers. And I find them, you know, and look, and that I kept going back to that one. And, you know, that lemon, if you notice, um, it actually has a meaning for me. You know, we say, you know, take the lemon and uh, we turn it into limoncello around here. So, um, Love it. yeah, there's no sour faces. So. so you were a little late, age 62, you said, before you started seriously writing. Uh, you've got your four books out and coming up, I research, it says you have a new series coming out, a standalone and four novellas. Yes. Most of those will be out in 2024. Walk us through some of those. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? You've got the new series coming yep. out. You've got a standalone. You've got four novellas coming out. Why don't you walk us through where those stories are coming from and where they will take us? Okay, so in the Lighthouse series, the first book is called Point Judith. Um, and the inspiration behind that story is it's called the Lighthouse Inn. And it's where my husband and I would always stay when we would go to Point Judith. It is situated perfectly in the middle of the block, walking distance to shops, to the beaches. And right across the street is the ferry to take you over to Block Island and all the fishing boats. So if you were going out on a day fish or if you're going on evening, you know, out fishing, the, the inn was perfectly situated. Um, that is actually in ruins. Um, now, I'm not sure if it was poor management or if it was uh, because of COVID, but it has a fence around it and it's just in a shambles. Oh, so tragic. That was, yeah. So that's my inspiration for Point Judith. And maybe someone will pick the book up and say, hey, you know what? It can be done. Let's save the inn. Because um, it was better. Because what they want to do is they want to tear it down and put a parking lot in. And I'm just, you know, I'm in a 200 room inn and it's really not the rooms aren't bad uh, so that was my inspiration for it there uh the first story is about a billionaire the next story is about a millionaire and then the third story is about a man who doesn't even have two pennies in his pocket but somehow all three of those men will come together in the end and they'll know each other so yeah um so i'm excited about that story i'm like halfway through with uh, point judith right now my standalone, I would like to get four little uh, like novellas out every year, in addition to just to keep my fans happy because they all hate waiting that one year mark, even though they've been loyal to me for four years. Um, I have a standalone called Isabella about a girl who wants to grow up and become a writer. Um, and a lot of it is true to the story that's in there. Um, so that one I'm excited. That'll probably come out, I'm hoping for June. Um, and then after that one, I, oh, I have a, a cookbook coming out called No Dressing Required. That's clever. That's a hint, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have uh, two other books that I'm working on, but not sure how or where I'm gonna take them yet, so yeah. What, what motivates you to be so prolific? You know, I used to have a flower and garden shop and I would open up at eight o'clock, but I would be there at six, 6.30, just to be organized, to be ready, to make sure everything is in, perfect order before I open that door. So I would have to say discipline. Um, and if you're gonna be a writer, you have to be disciplined. That's like key number one. Um, so I literally set deadlines for myself. I set, um, 
you know, I mean, I start with a storyboard. I also start with a structure. Like I can tell you that the lighthouse in is going to be 72,000 words. It's going to have 36 chapters. They're all going to be about 2000 words each. Um, yeah, I try to hit those, you know, the discipline marks in there. Um, and I take it like a business. I treat it like a business. If you're going to open your business door, you know, again, my readers, they're expecting something every single March from May. So now I'm going to give them like little treats with the novellas, um, you know, between 200 and 250 words. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I just, I love it. When I'm writing, time stops and it's like the world just stands still. Um, where the story well, and I, know, I, know, I know that moment and I'm so glad that you have these four books out, everything else that is coming, because time may stand still for you, but you propel us in amazing ways through your storytelling. So Judy Prescott Marshall, thank you for being with me today on The Storytellers. Thank you so much. Bless you. Take good care. And I look forward to all of your upcoming works. This has been a copyrighted episode of The Storytellers by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.